Welcome to Living With, a podcast by Health Union that explores what it's like to live with a chronic health condition. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Previously on Living With, I've interviewed individuals about their experiences with diagnosis, treatment, and daily life with chronic conditions. While there will continue to be individual stories on this podcast, I'm also introducing topics that cover different areas of life that are impacted by chronic conditions. In this episode, we're talking about dating. Dating, just the word, can bring up thoughts of joy and heartache. Dating can be frustrating under any circumstances, but when you're living with a chronic disease, it adds a whole other layer of difficulty. When do you tell someone about your condition? How will they respond? Is it possible to find someone who can love you for you, regardless of your disease? To address these questions and more, I spoke with several health union contributors about how they are approaching dating and how they've dealt with challenging situations. First, I spoke with Marissa Lauren Troy, who has been living with ulcerative colitis, a type of inflammatory bowel disease, since the age of 13. And we talked about when it's the right time to disclose with someone about your condition. And I mean, I know some people, they feel like they should just let it all out on the first date because if the person can't handle it, they want to know now. Right. And there's people who think, well, maybe when we get closer, it'll be easier. And, and there's no right or wrong. It's just, you know. Like you said, it's like, do you tell it just, do you just rip off the band aid and tell people on the first date? And then they may go like, whoa, too much. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. but that may be too early too, because, uh, you know, you need to have some, I, I feel I need to have some trust with the person to even know mm-hmm. if they're worthy of my story yet. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, as you know, I was diagnosed at 13, so the whole, I wasn't doing much dating before then. Um, <laughs> and it's always, I mean, I, I'm the same as you. I had to, I can almost develop like a sixth sense about whether someone might have the capacity to understand. Yeah. And then like you, you need to build a little bit of trust. It's not just like, you know, hi, I'm Marissa. Hi, I'm Emily. I suffer from this, that, and the other thing. It's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> and then and then it looks like you totally identify with your illness. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember I was dating someone, um, and when it came time for us to get more intimate, um, I didn't tell him about my ostomy yet. He'd known, like, I had been sick, but I never wanted to share details. And I remember texting him the night before, like, I was supposed to go to his house and um, hang with him, just saying that I had something really important to tell him, and I, and I wanted to do it in person. Hmm. Now, obviously, that's, like, a huge buildup right there. And I, I remember being so, so nervous. I was, like, rehearsing what I was going to say to him with my dad in the car in his driveway. And I finally um, told him. And he looked at me, he goes, so what was it that you had to tell me? I'm like, that was it. Oh, wow. And you know, that I had an ostomy. He goes, oh, my God, Marissa, I was up all night thinking you killed someone or you had this <laughs> terrible infectious disease that you gave me. And, oh, my God. And it, like, gave me a hug. And, like, that was it. And it's like it made me realize I built it up so much more than it needed to be. <laughs> mm. But it's because, you know, things matter so much to us because we're going through it. Another person who was diagnosed at a young age with a chronic disease is Alicia Bridges, a contributor on plaquepsoriasis.com and psoriaticarthritis.net. 
So having psoriasis has always impacted my dating, um, especially when I'm 90% covered. I remember in high school being really awkward um, because I was 90% covered and I had a boyfriend for about a week and then he broke up with me and the rumor was that he was kind of getting a lot of slack for being with me, um, especially in one of the the things he would get teased about was me having psoriasis. Mm. And so as I moved on to college, it became a little bit easier um, because there's more opportunity um, to date different types of people. And so at that time, I ended up meeting um, my boyfriend who would then become my husband. And he was, he had never heard of psoriasis before, but he was very um, accepting. But I just remember it took me forever um, to even show him my arm. Um, And then we ended up divorced. We're still really great friends. And now I'm back into the dating world again. And it's kind of interesting because my psoriasis comes and goes. Um, And what I mean by that is sometimes I have a really effective treatment and I can be 100% clear. And then other times the treatment might fail and then I'm covered with psoriasis again. Mm -hmm. But I will say at um, 31 is a lot easier now to talk about it and it's a lot easier not to be ashamed unlike when I was in my early 20s and at this point I'm kind of like you either accept me for me or keep it moving (laughs) I wrote an article called one thing that I learned from a failed marriage and the one thing I learned from being with my ex-husband is that I can't find love with this disease like the reason why we divorced had absolutely nothing to do with my psoriasis. Like he was always loving and supportive and never judged me with what I was going through physically or mentally with the disease. And I know that if I found that before that I can definitely find that again. So I have a lot more hope now. Hmm. That's great. When you're starting you know, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, do you tell them right away about your condition or do you wait a while? I really can't help but to tell them because psoriasis is, so much of my life is revolved around psoriasis as far as the advocacy. So I'm always traveling, talking about psoriasis or blogging or doing something on social media. So it's not like I purposely have it at the forefront. It's just, kind of a part of my life now and so typically they find out in the first conversation that I'm having this condi- I have this condition and it's funny as many commercials and things that we have on TV with psoriasis people will still say that they've never heard of it or they'll say oh well I've, I've that's the skin thing right and then I have to go into more detail as to how um, psoriasis affects the body because it's way more than just a skin condition. So, yeah. One of the reasons chronic conditions make dating more difficult is that many of them are associated with a stigma, which cause people to judge those with the disease harshly. Rick Nash, a contributor and moderator on hepatitisc.net, talked about stigma and how he brings up his experience with hep C early on in a potential new relationship. 
because some people think because there are certain high-risk sexual activities between men who have sex with men, that because that specific little asterisk mark is there, that anyone could be could get it from sex. And mm-hmm. it was always a troubling conversation to have because I've 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 been on an absurd number of dates and having that conversation um, was always one of the more kind of weird things because I felt obligated to, because you can't, because to me it was a matter of, you can't really have sex with someone. You can't even kind of approach that topic without really kind of talking about these very clear, you know, safety set, safety situations, because you don't want to put somebody in a situation where they feel that they've been lied to. They feel that they've been deceived after holding someone so close. That's just terrible. And so you have to kind of have these conversations beforehand. And so this creates this weird stigma there because, you know, people will just kind of go, oh, I don't want to associate with you, period. And so people will just ghost gone by. Like before ghosting was a thing, I knew ghosting was a thing. Um, <laughs> um, and it's, it, it, was a, it was a struggle, though, you know. But the thing is, what, the one benefit that I found that comes from that stigma is that you find the people who really are genuine through that. Rick makes a good point. It is possible to find people who are genuine and who won't judge you for having a health condition. I also spoke with Samantha Mixon, who writes for lungcancer.net. Samantha was diagnosed with metastatic lung cancer at the age of 33 as a single mother. So what has your experience with dating been like since your diagnosis of lung cancer? Oh, well, um, you know, dating someone when you have lung cancer, especially when it's like stage four, it's... um, it's a little bit frustrating because you look fine and, you know, you act normal. And so they think that you are fine and you are normal. And, and then you end up going and, and having setbacks. And, you know, I was hospitalized for pulmonary embolisms. And, and it's really hard to, for someone, you know, someone in their mind can just say, oh, yeah, I can deal with that. But in reality, when reality hits, it's a little bit harder to deal with it than you thought that you could in your mind. And so um, I just ended up having people out there that I felt like wanted to sleep with me and not not have a relationship. They just, that's all they wanted. And um, that's not what I wanted. I did end up getting married, but... um, that turned out not to work out so well once I started feeling better and was able to go and, and do on my own. And so um, we ended up divorcing. And then um, I'm dating someone now who uh, reality finally hit him when my cancer came back. And um, he, I have a huge TV in my room now, so I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> thinks I'm going to be bedridden or what, but, um, so he gave, but, you, he gave you the TV as a gift. Well, yeah, I guess so. It's a 65 inch television in my bedroom <laughs> with surround sound. I'm like, wow. Okay. Thanks. Wow. But, um, it, you know, it's, it's tough though, because like 
it, I would go out and, and talk to people or, or meet people. And, you know, when I told them that I had cancer, they would just like, um, be like, look, I'm not going to sleep with you. <laughs> just throwing that out there. And they would just kind of run away. Um, but he didn't. And he sat there and listened to me all night. And we talked and, and it was quite a while before we did, um, we were intimate at all because I just didn't want to get, I mean, like it was just for my protection. It was for his too. Like didn't want him to get hurt Yeah. and fully grasp what he was getting himself into. I don't really don't think he did until recently. How do you bring it up to people you meet? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I do like a shock factor because it's funny for me. Which, and sometimes I just make it funny. And I also have a cancer card. So, um, stupidcancer.org has these cards that you can buy that actually say cancer card on them. And they say, if you have it, play it. And so I've pulled them out at restaurants and asked for discounts and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, when when I brought it up to people, they say, oh, I'm sorry. And, you know, did you smoke? And it was like, no, I didn't smoke. And um, they just say, you know, I'll be praying for you. And I appreciate it. But, you know, I know where I'm going. And I know that it's going to be okay, even if it's not okay. So um, I think, like, maybe the positive in me comes out and they're able to feel that as well. So they don't get as, you know, nervous about what to say. They, they feel comfortable enough to start asking questions. Does the cancer card work for restaurant discounts? It has worked for some, actually, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I mean, some people might just want to date you just for that, for the restaurant discounts. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it it only gets me about 10% at the most. <laughs> but when I'm throwing it down sometimes and managers come up and oh, I'll have to ask my manager and they're so serious. And my boyfriend just looks at me and rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can get any money off. We're going to do it, okay? I love that you do it. I mean, even just for the shock and humor value, it's it's worth trying. Yeah. It's been fun to have it. I think that it's very hard to make it through something like this. You don't have, you know, your sense of humor and your faith and um, your support system and all of that. I mean, it's really, I don't know how people make it without that, but I can turn the most ridiculous things into humor somehow. That's, that's, a, that's a gift right there, I, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. As Samantha mentioned, if you're living with chronic disease, it's important to find sources of support, as well as validation and credible information. Health Union currently has 23 condition-specific communities, including lungcancer.net, plaquepsoriasis.com, and inflammatorybowelsease.net. You can find more from each of the contributors that you heard today on these sites and other sites at Health hyphen union.com. I'd like to thank Marissa Lauren Troy, Alicia Bridges, 
Rick Nash, and Samantha Mixon for sharing their stories and being a part of the Health Union family. And thank you for listening to Living With. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend and consider leaving a review. Reviews are important to help other people find the podcast as well. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.